0: Welcome to the Get Out There and Get Known podcast. Join Pam Perry, veteran PR strategist, Emmy Award-winning producer and publisher of Spinning strategies on publicity, publishing, and platform building. So, listen up to hear how to get booked on media places and on superstar stages. Now, here's your host, Pam Perry. Hey
1: there. Well, thank you for joining Get Out There and Get Known podcast. So, yesterday, for those that are watching live, know that we can really breathe a sigh of relief of the verdict of the uh, Derek Chavon case and um, the trial. So we are in a, a state of like, what's next? And so one of the reasons why I do this podcast is because I really want people to uh, understand that if they're going to get out there and get known, get known for what? And so primarily I want uh, Black America, African Americans to uh, use their voices for good, use their voices for power because our voices matter, which is one of the, the things I'm so excited to have Linda Laurel on. I have been wanting to have her on Probably since earlier this year, Uh, very early on, as soon as I saw what she was doing with her podcast, I just fell in love with everything she's doing. So one of the things that you'll learn today about Our Voices uh, Matter podcast that she's doing about her career as an Emmy Award winning journalist and a little bit of fun facts about Linda in terms of her scholarships and all the things that she's doing. She is an amazing, amazing young lady. So I want to bring her up. There she
0: is. Hey. Hi, Linda. Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you for for being uh, on the show today. I wanted to give people a little bit about Just a little bit about your background. You know, right now you're the executive producer of Laurel Media, and uh, also you're known as really a masterful video storytelling, which is one of the things I want people to know too. She's a Stanford grad uh, that really honed her storytelling skills as an Emmy Award winning journalist. She was doing that for about a couple of decades in Houston, Uh, KI. PRC TV. She's won Emmy. She's won a Gracie Award. And she also was an award um, awarded by American Women in Radio and TV, AWRT. AWRT. I I love saying that. And then her and her husband are celebrating probably over 25 years of the uh, Linda Laurel Scholarship Fund, which is awarded, get this, she walks her talk, $4 million in college scholarships to Houston area students. So you can see why I was so excited to have her on because she walks her talk. I mean, no one told her to start that scholarship and give away scholarships. So I'm just so excited to have you.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much, it's great to be here.
1: And I want to publicly thank you, too, for having uh, Judge Leanya Lloyd on as well. Uh, she was on your show and she had a blast. She had a ball. Oh, I had a blast. It, <laughs>
0: it, it's one of, my, one of my favorite interviews that I've done in the entire history of the podcast, really. Is she interesting or what? Well, oh, she's I, a rock star. She's a I, rock star. Yeah, she's, she's awesome. Loved it. One of the things
1: too, she was in, she had another quote unquote career before just kind of like you had a different career. She was kind of like entertainment. Uh, She was a drama teacher. That's where I met her years ago. She was Mm -hmm. a drama teacher at my high school. Mm -hmm. And so tell people a little bit about your previous career before you got into broadcasting, because I find that so interesting before we get into it.
0: So my first career was as a professional dancer and actress. So after I graduated from Stanford, um, I decided that I had to follow my, my dreams of, of theater and dance and um, so I did it. Um, I danced in companies in Chicago and in, um, oh gosh, in Denver. And then I ultimately went to uh, New York to try my hand at Broadway. And while I was auditioning for shows on Broadway, I injured my leg and that ended my career. And that's when I decided to go back to school and get my master's in journalism. And that's how I ended up in TV news. That's the short version.
1: And okay. just happened to be an anchor for a couple of decades. You know? You, you, yeah. you know, you know that's that's just like God's grace all over you. And just the talent, and the skill, because most people, they go, most people I know with journalism degrees now aren't even in journalism.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it's the business is so interesting. And, and I, I really started in it right before it started to change. So it was still in the more traditional kind of journalism mode, if you will. And it was before we had entire networks that were devoted to one point of view or the other. Um, so the landscape changed considerably almost the minute that I got out of school and started working. So it's, I've, it was really interesting to be in it at that time and now to be in it in a different way um, under my own umbrella, doing the kind of content that I want to do. And it's just it's a really exciting time. Thanks to technology. You know, we're able to do that, as you well know, because you're doing it right. Yes, I, it's it's a, it's an era
1: of owning your own media. It's yeah. the era of owning. The gatekeepers are gone, and you can own the media. So, before we kind of get into your podcast, I want to ask you. So, when you started uh, in broadcasting, okay. and there's a lot of people that watch this 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 video podcast, and they are want to get into journalism that sort of thing. Tell us a little bit about what it was like when you got in. And I know there weren't a lot of African Americans in the newsroom. There weren't a lot of African Americans, probably as anchors. I know in Detroit we had like one.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, at
1: a a particular time. But tell us a little bit what that was like back then, because I know not only were you on the air as a journalist, but did you feel like you had the weight of like, you're representing all black people?
0: (laughs) Okay. So let me answer that a couple of ways. So first, the first part of the question, what was it like? Um, So my first TV job was um, in St. Louis. Um, So while I was in school at Mizzou, University of Missouri-Columbia School of uh, Journalism, um, I did get to work on the television station in the market because the school owns the NBC affiliate, which is part of the beauty of the program. So mm-hmm. that's where I first got to actually work at a working television station. And then I got hired uh, to work um, on weekends one day uh, while I was still in school working for KMOV in St. Louis. Um, and that was a, an incredible experience, and then they hired me full-time once I graduated, um, and I worked as a general assignment reporter. I, I have always been of the mind that I just need to control what I can control. And what I can control is myself and my excellence and um, my work ethic and how much or how little I choose to put into something. And so I just really tried to keep my head down, learn as much as I could, and not really think about so much of the the, the broader aspects of what it meant to be um, in the position that I was in as an African-American. And what I mean by that is that I did not let that weigh on me. Obviously, mm-hmm. I was aware of it, and I took it very seriously, and I knew that There were people looking up to me that in many cases, I was a role model. And so I took that very seriously. Um, But the way for me to deal with that was to just be as excellent as I could at my craft. And that's how I approached it then. And it's how I approach it now. Um, I don't think about it in terms of I've got to represent my entire race because no one can do that. That's not my job.
1: That's a a lot on your shoulders to do that
0: much for anyone okay what we can do is be the best person and human that we can be and that is what represents us as a race as far as I'm concerned so that's how I look at it.
1: I love it and so how did the scholarship come about?
0: The scholarship fund was the brainchild of my husband Luke Gregory and me together decided um, once I was here in Houston and um, was promoted to primetime anchor here at KPRC wanting to use the visibility to do something really meaningful. Um, he has a background in education. Um, I love children. Um, so we came up with the concept of creating scholarships for kids who might slip through the cracks, who mm-hmm. might have um, who might not be able to go to college because of circumstances beyond their control might not have the best grades because of what they were born into. And that was the niche that we sort of went after. And we are now in year 30 and have given four and a half million dollars. Whoa, okay.
1: All right. I love it. Five
0: of our former scholars are now on our board of directors. And one of them just recently became the executive producer of CBS This Morning. Are you serious? Um, that
1: is, that is like a full circle moment. That is like prouder than a, prouder than a mommy.
0: So many full circle moments. I, I can't even tell you. It's like I had one child naturally, but I've got about 375 other kids. I love that. Yeah. I love yeah. that. That
1: is one of the things that I really wanted to have you on to really uh, showcase. Like you said, you use your platform for good. Uh, you did it when you were in television, doing the scholarship, inspiring. Now someone who is following like almost in your footsteps. And so when you left the broadcast world, television on air, now you have your own media, lindalorel.com. People can find out more about it there, but tell us about how our voices matter podcast came about and what the vision and intention of it was.
0: Yes. So our voices matter podcast came about, um, as a result of the 2016 election and the divisions that became ever widening during that time. And I was distressed. It it made me, um, sit up and take notice and say to myself, okay, I can no longer just kind of do my thing. And sit on the sidelines and not get actively involved. I need to be a part of a conversation that is going to help bring us together because this is crazy. You know, we we're all the same, we all want the same thing. Why can't we talk to each other? Why can't we come together? So what am I going to do? And it was either run for office or start the podcast. Couldn't run for office at that time. Um, maybe Maybe, maybe, maybe down the road. But I knew that I could use my voice and my skills as a journalist and uh, an interviewer and a storyteller to create a platform that allows people to share their stories and see glimpses of themselves in someone that they consider to be the other. Because I think that that's how we get to um, some sort of common understanding and realize that we're all humans, and we all have the, a right to be on this planet and have an equal playing field. And, you know, it, it shouldn't be that difficult. So that's how the podcast came about. I like that.
1: So who are some of the people? I want people to go to uh, your website to, to listen to them. But who are some of the people that you've had on the podcast? When you when you started the podcast, you said, yeah. well, I need to have that voice. I need to have that voice. Our voices matter is the name of the podcast. Yeah. But it was like, who have you had so far? It's mm-hmm. not just all black. It's black and white.
0: Oh no, it's, it's, it's across the board. It, the the podcast represents and reflects um, in very much intentionally the multicultural aspect of our society. So Mm -hmm. it's not just black. It's not just white. It's not just Asian. It's not just straight. It's not, you know, it's everybody. Okay. Because everybody has a story and everybody's story matters. And some people that I've interviewed are famous and celebrities. And some people that I've interviewed are just people who's, who's, uh, story resonates with me so deeply that I think it's a story that needs to be shared. So it doesn't matter whether it's someone who has a following or not. Um, so among the celebrities that I've interviewed, um, so one of the first people that um, I actually asked and was just so excited and blown away when she said yes, is Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've Brene here in Houston because, you know, we're technically neighbors living, you know, not that far away from each other and see each other in social settings all the time. And I asked her about it bef- and didn't know that she was in the process of, of getting ready to launch her own podcast ah. so before um, Unlocking Us and Dare to Leave. And she said yes. And so Brene Brown, Yolanda Adams, uh, Grammy Award winning gospel singer.
1: I love her. And- you guys got her in Houston, but we got the Clark Sisters uh, and the Winans in Detroit.
0: I know, I know. <laughs> So um, let's see, Clyde Drexler um, and then, you know, just a lot of sort of celebrity types. But then I one of my favorite interviews, in addition to Judge Liania, um mm-hmm. is an interview that I did with a woman named Hannah Adair Bonner, who is an LGBTQ Methodist minister who sat outside the jail where Sandra Bland died for months. That. Podcast is one I really want people to go watch and listen to. She's amazing. I interviewed a um, a former recruiter for Al Qaeda, I interviewed mm-hmm. a former white supremacist. Um, you it, know, my
1: favorite it, one was when you interviewed your uh, co-anchor host.
0: Oh, and yeah. um, my, ex, my my TVX, <laughs> my <ex-TV> ex TVX, ex TV,
1: and um, it just had me in tears. It had me in tears. I, you know, because he's a a, Viet, uh, a vet. From yeah. Vietnam, yes, and he talked about how people now tearing up how they treated him, yeah, and how he never really said that he served because of the way people felt it, about that
0: war. It's only been, if I remember correctly, within the last maybe five to ten years that he's even acknowledged his service, his service, and and the sort of what he went through in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. Um, because when they came back, there was no parade and thank you for your service. Um, It was, you know, talk about feeling like the other. There's a whole generation of our veterans who were made to feel like the other after serving their country. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it gives me chills now to think about it. And that was an extraordinary, um, interview uh, and an opportunity for me to be able to talk to him about that because I didn't know we were going to go there. Yeah. I really did not know we were going to go there. But once we did, I was like, okay, this this part, because it was an, an hour interview that we did and I I divided it into two. And the second part right. was just about Vietnam and that whole, that whole era of his life. And um, what an extraordinary man. I, I love him dearly.
1: It was powerful. It really changed the way I really thought about that. I, I had thought about it, but then to really hear it and yeah. you bring it out in the podcast, just like, wow, you know, we've got to do more. We've got to do more and we've got to do better.
0: And how and how many more like him that are walking around feeling that way? You know? yes. 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 So when you. you are...
1: um So when you were in the, quote unquote, traditional media, and now you're in owned media, that we call it owned and and traditional because you own your own media. So explain the process of when um, you're looking for guests or who gets coverage and who doesn't. So when you're in, quote unquote, planning meetings, probably in, you know, when you were in the stations in St. Louis and Houston, you had these planning meetings. Okay, we're going to pick this, this and this because this person got shot, this person got killed, this person got shot, this person got killed because they say. If it if it bleeds, it bleeds, if right? It bleeds, yeah. Um. So the difference, or the 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 depth now that you can do, um, what's the difference in terms of like, just give me that because yeah. I know there's a big difference. So yeah. tell me the the
0: the joy maybe I guess you would feel mm. like making your guess versus well, where you, know, you did cover before. The, the truth is that. So when I was an anchor person, um, I. I didn't really have the uh, quote unquote authority to decide what stories were going to be covered. Yes, I could suggest um, stories. I could pitch stories. And um, you know, I, so I was a part of that process, but I wasn't a news director. I was not management, okay? So the way that a newsroom works is it's a little bit different and every, every newsroom works differently. But now that I own my own media company, I'm the one who makes the decisions. I'm the one who decides. What stories I want to share, what stories I think need to um, see the light of day, and what stories have the potential to impact those who are watching or listening to what you know what I'm bringing to the audience. So there's so much incredible um, freedom with that, and 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 to know that I can choose whose stories I can I can elevate stories that might not be elevated. In another uh, traditional platform, and um, you know, just watch it, watch it fly, you know. And so, the the journalist in me is always thinking, you know, how can I take what's going on in the broader world, in the broader society, and relate that to whoever it is that I'm I'm mm-hmm. speaking with, you know. And today, it's you know we're in the aftermath of the the uh, the Derek Chauvin um, verdict, mm-hmm. so last night. I was on Clubhouse, the social app that you're also on.
1: Yes, yes.
0: And um, I interviewed Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee. Oh, my God. Yes. So the night before, I thought, okay, who am I going to try to get to come on and talk about this when the verdict comes in? Mm. And I reached out to her, and I'm eternally grateful that she agreed. And she came on last night, and she was so powerful and so gracious and so um, inspiring to those who were in the room listening because she gave them a call to action. Mm-hmm. You know, here's what we need to do to go forward. And steps are already happening. Things are already happening today. I think I just heard a report not too long ago that um, the Senate seems to now be take, making some movements to unstall that George Floyd uh, policing bill that's passed in the House, is stalled in the Senate. There's now a little bit of momentum and people are galvanized Oh my God. So I'm always trying to think about who I'm going to talk to and how I'm going to relate it to what's going on to help us move forward and move together. That, is, a- it.
1: that is it. I saw that. So uh, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you. So you have the podcast, it's a video podcast as well as an audio podcast. Mm-hmm. So you're using Clubhouse as well. So do you take, do you record your Clubhouse and then use it future as a podcast? Or how are you doing it?
0: I that's, that's definitely coming. So, um, you know, clubhouse is so new and it's so powerful. I love this. I love this platform. I see the the potential in it is just limitless and the ability to be able to connect with people in a moment's notice right. from around the globe. I mean, 24 seven is just extraordinary. Um, so I am getting ready to explore doing the actual podcast on the platform. And I do anticipate recording, not regularly, but you know, every now and then. Every now and then to record a podcast on the platform and then release it. So yes, I'm 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 looking forward to doing it.
1: The, yeah. the the whole audio revolution is really big. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had Dr. Ben Chavis on yeah. as well and Nikichi Taifi on. They were on the, the uh, clubhouse and didn't record it, but we will be recording it. But Twitter yeah. also has its own version of a clubhouse. I forgot what they call it. And Facebook is exploring that as well. Yeah. So all of them are like Hmm. Because yeah. of the immediacy. Now we love podcasting. We love this. And we're on live right now. I want to say Dr. Cynthia Hickman said, hello. She says, Houston's finest. That's oh, what she said. Houston proud. Yeah, so she said that. So she's Hi. on there. But one, one of the things about Clubhouse, it is, you can take it on the go. And it's just like, it's right there immediately.
0: It's immediate. You don't have to have hair and makeup done. Hello. Yes. Or lashes. Or lashes. <laughs> right? So it, that's, that's one of the beauties of it. I mean, I was on it till midnight last night. Wow. I, oh, I, I wish know. that would have been recorded, Linda. Oh my goodness. I mean, after she left, we just kept talking, People kept talking. People wanted to talk, yeah, you know, yeah. they wanted to, to have a, a sense of community and they wanted to digest it. And, and so, yeah, so that's what we did.
1: And with you being, you know, with George Floyd being from Houston, that's really yeah. important. I can I can see how that is that 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 sort of thing. So one of the last things I want to ask is: so, give advice to someone who wants to get out there and get known. They're a speaker. They're an author. They really have a message they want to share with the world, and they're trying to knock on different doors of the big networks and. They are maybe getting no. So how do they get out there and get known with their message? Keep going. Don't mm-hmm. stop.
0: You mm-hmm. know just just do it. Just do it. You know so often we think about what we want to do, and then we're afraid to take the steps or we put a toe in the water, <laughs> we get the, the the rejection, and then we're afraid to to go back and try again. And you just have to keep at it. You just have to keep at it and understand that, you know, it's never a, a, a straight line to any, anything, you know, it's always going to be a circuitous route. It's, you know, there are ups and downs and ebbs and flows and you just, you just got to do it. You just got to do it and stick to it. And, um, you know, as, as judge leanya would say, don't let nobody turn you around. Right. <laughs>
1: Well, keep on trucking, baby. That's that's coming. <laughs> coming from Motown. You know, I know she probably because you know she's an entertainment lawyer as well. So I'm sure she has some of those things that's playing in her mind all the time. Yes, yes. So one of the things too with COVID, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you were doing them live with the, you know, people were coming into your studio. So how did you have to make that adjustment? I want to say right now that you look beautiful. Your set looks like it's it is like the studio of all studios. You got the right lighting and everything. I mean, so you had the upper advantage. You had the you had the upper hand. You had the advantage of knowing how to do all this stuff. But how did you make that transition from like, okay, now I've got all these podcasts and you had people coming in and the studio the video of that is just quality. So so then you had to do yes. the split screen. Yes. Your screen looks good, but how did you train your guests to make sure that they're
0: you know it's right. it's interesting <laughs> the whole the whole uh transition from doing the live to the um the virtual? Um the good part about it is that it, it allows you to get more guests. Okay. I was really reluctant to do virtual because I love the you know, being in a room with someone and feeling that energy, I mean, there's nothing like the actual human connection Mm -hmm. when you're sitting next to someone. Um, but I'm actually able to get a, a wider variety of guests now, because thank you, zoom. Right. So I just record, I record everything on zoom and, um, and I, you know, this is my home, I'm sitting in my home office and I, I decorated it in such a way that it would, you know, be, um, it would have a, a nice backdrop. I understand about lighting. I've got a ring light here. I got another one on the side. I you know, I have I can put multiple cameras up. I've got tripods. Wow. Um I've got microphones and and all of that. Um and as far as the guests, um I usually um in many cases will do a pre-interview, a pre- not a pre-interview, but a pre-conversation, especially if it's with someone that I don't know and I'm just, you know, going to be interviewing for the first time and we will Kind of talk through what the general flow of the show is, um, how I like to do it. I talk to them about uh, positioning their camera and lighting and all of that sort of yeah.
1: thing. Okay,
0: yeah, you know, I mean that that stuff is important. Um, so yeah, so I've 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 become more of a more of a tech a, more of a, a tech. If you will, understanding how things work behind the scenes. Usually, I've got a crew to do that sort of stuff for me, but now I I do it myself. Right. You know, on this level, not on the on the grand scale, of course.
1: But you also offer media training as well. So now, the technical part. So kind of talk about what uh, your other. So you've got the foundation, you got the podcast. Yeah. So talk about the last piece Thank of you. your business of the media training.
0: Thank you for um, for asking about that. Yeah, so um, I do media training and I do. Um, Sort of diversity, and um, uh, I won't say diversity training because what it really, on the diversity side of it, is is helping to facilitate conversations about race or mm-hmm. any difficult conversation. Yeah, so I'm not a DEI certified trainer, so I don't want to say that I am, um, but I know how to talk about um, difficult issues, and so I've had major companies come to come to me and say. Um, We know we need to have this conversation about race, but we're not quite sure how to do it. Can you help us? And the answer Mm -hmm. is yes, I can.
1: Okay. That is good. That is
0: good. Media training is just straight up, you know, how to, how to, well, lately it's been how to deal with a virtual environment. How do you Mm -hmm. present um, in a way, in a virtual environment that keeps your energy level up and that is not, um, you know, going to put the audience to sleep if you've got a long Mm -hmm. conference? You know, I've trained panelists and moderators for virtual conferences when they're not used to presenting in front of a screen as opposed to a live audience. Um, and then just how to, how to give a good media interview with a reporter, yes. you know, just like. training as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: That is that is so important. Do yeah. one of the things I've been wanting to do, but it's 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 hard to do with the split screen. It's like I need to stand. Sometimes we need to stand to have more energy, right? Yeah. So especially if it's going to be like a long time. Yep. But if I'm standing and then the everybody else isn't, it just looks weird and just you know. So that whole.
0: I think it depends on it. It, it I get what you're saying, and it it really depends on the the setting and the venue. So I actually. Uh, was was um, uh, was training some panelists and moderators for a global virtual conference, a big big uh, energy conference. And one of the things that I said to them was, "If you're presenting, I said consider standing." Now I'm not going to stand right now because we're on Zoom and I have leggings on underneath this gorgeous. <laughs> I'm not going to stand up and show you. Okay, that's How my well. that's my basic basic outfit every day. However, I did t- I, and I showed them the difference of what it looks like when you're sitting and then when you're standing. And I said, if you're somebody who talks with your hands, don't get in front of a camera and then sit on your hands. And, you know, and then feel like, oh, you know. Um, yeah, you don't you don't project. So you have to project. If you use your, your hands and your body and obviously I'm somebody who, who talks that way all the time, then that's what you do. So you just want to be your natural self. And then understand that you have to project more in a virtual environment than you would in um, in a live environment, because you want people to feel your energy coming through the screen as much as yeah. as, much as possible. So. Ooh, this is a whole new thing, Linda. It's a whole new thing. <laughs> a whole new, and this world is not going away. By the it's way, it's not. It, it is not going away.
1: This is part of like our quote unquote our new normal. It's and uh, I mean, when my in-laws who are 90 and 91 can go to church via Zoom, it's part of the new normal.
0: <laughs> my uncle, who's I think 85, 86, he does Zoom church on Sundays. See? He does. He does. It's- I'm like, go ahead, Uncle Vernon.
1: Yes, that is like like part of it. We don't want to miss it. We just have to go about it a different way. So Linda Laurel, thank you so much for being here today on Get Out There and Get Known. I know that people, if they want to get media training, they can contact you. Linda Laurel, she's a pro at it. She can help you if you feel a little nervous about getting on camera. I told one of my uh, Ready, Set, Go speak members, I says, when you're on the video don't lean in like this and look down.
0: <laughs> it's like my favorite, my favorite is, is like this or or the, the you know, it's like half off the screen. It's like I was like looking like, can you see? <laughs>
1: I thinking, like, oh my god. god I said what are you doing? I said so you just need a little bit of training. So I really try to help people just really get out there get known get in the media and PR and things like that. But just like the whole setup of other things in terms of the lighting the sound the sound bites those are things sometimes i think maybe people need a little expertise and someone contacting someone like you would be helpful so make sure that you go to linda rail you find out about her foundation you'll find out about her podcast and also about her company as well her media company as well so is there anything else that you'd like to add before we kind of close up today
0: you know, this has been such a joy to talk to you. I have really enjoyed this conversation and you know, the, I think the only thing I'd like to add is that I just want everyone out there to know that you are loved and you are worthy, just like you are. and you know, we just need to accept each other mm-hmm. who we are and and embrace each other with empathy. And encouragement. Those that's my mantra. Right. Empathy and encouragement. Just give somebody that little that little extra, you got this, you know, and and open your heart. Yeah. Open your heart. There's enough for, really for all of us.
1: There's enough yeah.
0: for all of us.
1: In the uh the words of uh uh Stevie Wonder, you know, I hear this song in my head, uh Love's in need of love today. Yeah. Right, yeah. you know, so it's like hmm. I, I want to be able to put music in, but they'll probably slap it down if I put it on there on YouTube. <laughs> but but that song about love's in, in need of love today. Yes. And that really is the answer. I mean, Bernice King, I follow her on Twitter. She is so encouraging. I'm like, oh, I just want to just hug her and uh, make sure that people follow you on Clubhouse. Is, you, is it Linda Rell on Clubhouse? Yep. Absolutely. This, our
0: voices
1: matter
0: on Clubhouse. So yeah, it's all connected.
1: Okay, good, good. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We are just so happy to just have had you on and uh, there will be show notes uh, for this episode as well. So look for those in a couple of weeks, but those who caught it live really got the treat. So right. Linda, thank you so much for joining us today on Get Out yeah, There we'll get the it. Alrighty, you too. Bye-bye.
0: Bye.